Suspecting his holocron is in the hands of a hut crime lord, Castian and Laris concoct a dangerous plan to regain the artifact. But even if they recover it, without an expert as an ally, the next steps are unclear. So after wrapping up your calm conversation with Laris Castian, what would you like to do? Castian is walking briskly away from the shackled monkey lizard cantina, uh, wanting to get out away from there before the security that they do have on the station. It's it's kind of a ragtag group. Yes, uh, they ha- certainly do have security, but it's not like they're ever going to report it to higher authorities. But still, you don't want to be on the bad side of Junkfurt station officials. Yeah, th- their security is to take me into an alleyway and beat me, probably, if not just kill me. Castian is moving as quickly as he can. He's entering the marketplace and kind of just going around through people just to kind of lose himself if there are any cams. And when he can, he's going to find a nice little corner where he sees a bunch of people sleeping it off. And he's just going to fall down to the ground, clutch at his heart, and just take a lot of deep breaths. Because right now, Castian knows he's angry and he knows what that does to him Mm -hmm. and he knows that normally he wouldn't have taken on an entire cantina full of bounty hunters and smugglers like he just did that was stupid and he also knows that he's about to go see a hut a hut that stole from him like all the other huts have stolen from him before his life his childhood is "Mm, breathe castian breathe breathe and he's just taking in deep breaths trying to calm himself down and he's actually reaching out and focusing on a few of the lessons that Gerard Keita had taught him when they were working together on Dathomir. Focus on your breath, your heartbeat, and let the anger wash away from you. So it sounds like that's going to be a discipline role, I think. Let's make this, this is hard. So let's make this hard, but to make it interesting, I'm going to upgrade one of those purples to a red flipping over a destiny point to do so. And then I'm also going to give you a setback die because of the specific trigger of the hut. Okay, I rolled three successes and one threat. So let's take that threat as a strain because you've you know, 99% calmed yourself down, but it was, it was tough for you to do so. And so you still have a little bit of that adrenaline still in your system. Castian sits there for five, ten minutes before finally Bone kind of breaks him out of his meditation by giving an inquisitive series of beeps. And Castian finally nods his head and opens an eye and says, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm I'm in control. I'm Are you okay, Bone? Good, good lad. As you reach out to pat the top of his head, it's a little sticky from the fried monkey lizard. Castian wrinkles his nose, looks around and sees like a smuggler sleeping it off and grabs his hat and just uses it to wipe down bone and then tosses it back onto the man. Castian is going to stand up and he's he's taking one step towards where the hut cartel usually hangs out. And he just stops as he now has a clearer mind of things. And he realizes there is no way he can talk his way through a hut. To convince a hut, to to trick a hut, without wanting to stab a hut. So with that clear mind and that focus and that not that dark side feeding his ego, Castian sheepishly reaches down, grabs his communicator, and contacts Laris. Yes, sir. Jane, you've negotiated with huts before? Correct. Would you be able to meet me in front of the hut cartel's hangout? I could use you as a negotiator. 
I must confess, my accent when it comes to speaking Hatties is not 100% fluent. Just play up the fact that you're human and it shames you that you cannot speak the godly language of Hatties as well as a hut, but you hope that your attempt will appease them like a monkey lizard dancing in his own filth. They like that. I will come up with something. Yes, good. Meet me in front of the corridor that leads to the hut cartel, and we will do this together, I guess. But do make sure to bring a weapon with you, just in case things get dicey. Of course, sir. Thank you, Jane. Of course, sir. And a couple of minutes later, you and Laris meet up at the corridor that leads to where the huts have made themselves at home on Junkfurt Station. And uh, what she finds when she approaches is it's Cassian's in a new outfit. He picks something up in the marketplace... Maybe with a five-finger discount. It makes him look more like a bodyguard than a vagrant. Nothing armory. There's a crispness to the outfit. All right. This is what we need. They stole a case from me when I was not paying attention. Why was that, sir? There was an idiot wearing stormtrooper garbs. They tricked me. They worked for Nera Solbright. I will talk to you about that later. And they... They pulled me away. I was afraid it was actually a stormtrooper, so I left the case hidden under my seat. When I came back, it was gone. That does not seem like it was a wise move, sir. It was not a wise move, but it was the best move I had. But it cannot be a coincidence that a Jedi artifact has been discovered and is being sold right now. I want you to go in there and get me back my case. And my holocron. Sir, with all due respect, I do not believe I have enough credits to purchase a Jedi artifact. No, they're going to give it back to us. Cassian sighs and reaches up and pulls down his collar. And there you see along with a lot of other marks, but the biggest one is that of, I originally called it Jabba's mark, and that's not really a correct way of saying it. It's actually the mark of the Dezilajek cartel, or as the Huts call it, the Dezilajek Kajadik, which is a family name. And that is the same family that Jabba is part of, but he was never a slave to Jabba, he was a slave to the family. And I believe at this point in time, Jabba's not running the Dezilajek family. It's actually his uncle, uh, Jaliak. So Castian points towards his brand and says, We're representatives of Jaliak, Dezilajek, and he wants his property back. If you say so, sir. It's the best play we have. We don't have the credits to purchase what was stolen from me, and I do not want the heat of the huts on us. We finally got the rebellion off our case. We don't need the huts taking over. That is true. So let's play this smart. Of course, sir. Okay, let's uh, lead the way, oh representative. And Laris moves a couple of steps ahead of you, going down the long corridor towards the hut's outpost. Uh, Castian turns towards Bone before they enter the hut cartel's environment and says, head back to the Highland Gundark and give Skidder some company. Uh, We'll be fine. Don't worry about us. And there certainly is no sign indicating that you are entering the hut section of Junkfurt Station. This is something that just everybody kind of knows. And you know when you reach the appointed area because there is a room that is guarded by two very burly-looking Twi'lek, one of whom steps forward as Laris is making to enter. And as he steps forward, Castian is also stepping forward, giving him this the glare of, like, don't touch her. He holds out a hand, uh, not to touch her, but in a halt motion. Hold. Who is approaching? I am here to enter negotiations with the great Dalresh the Hut. And who are you? 
I am someone that the great Dalraish the Hutt is very interested in meeting, as I have information on the goods with which he is selling. Hold. The Twi'lek ducks inside, and you can hear some murmurings, first in Rylothian, the language of the Twi'leks, and then the deep, gurgling sounds of a hut. Caspian cannot help but have a snare, like, touch the very corner of his lip before he forces it down. After a moment, the Twi'lek returns. The great Dalraish the Hut is not accepting visitors. You are to place your bid through the holonet. I understand that is how the great Dalraish has requested common bidders to make their interests known. However, as I stated... I have information that he is going to find quite valuable in further negotiations. And she and the Twi'lek stare each other down for a moment. Before the Twi'lek finally relents. Come inside. And the Twi'lek steps aside, allowing you and Laris to enter. Again, I let Laris lead the way. As you enter the room, it is dark, it is stuffy, it is humid. If you recall Narshada, which you were on not too long ago, which is deep in hut space, the huts prefer a swampy environment. Why Jabba set up on Tatooine, which is like the opposite of a swamp planet, is something that I bet Billy knows, but I'm not going to let him go off on a lore tangent at the moment. But obviously, Dalraish the Hut has found a way to emulate the conditions on his home planet here on Junkfurt Station. So it's clammy, it smells a little bit, and it's very shadowy. There are lamps on the walls, but they're all covered with very dark lampshades, so it, you have to squint to see anything in here. But as your eyes get used to the darkness, you see that there's several people of different, most primarily alien species, milling about. Think of an ancient king's court, where you'd have your courtiers always standing around ready to hear the latest gossip or to serve their liege, and on a raised dais at the back of the room lays a hut. A very formidably sized hut. Dark purple, mottled skin, giant orange globes for eyes. Horrendous mouth, of course, dripping with saliva. Just not appealing in any way, shape, or form, even to people that don't have the fraught history with the huts that you have. <laughs> the hut says something, his voice cutting through the din of the room. And the Twi'lek says, The great Dalraish the Hut asks you to approach. Laris gives you a look. Castian is trying to remember how hut guards usually protect their representatives. Mm. So he is kind of mimicking that. He's taking a step forward, looks around, scans the area for any possible uh, dangers, probably sees several. And then he just makes a show of like opening up his jacket and revealing that he has blasters and vibro knives just ready to go. Then he takes a step to the side, turns towards Laris, and offers a nod. 
how about you give me a perception roll to see what those dangers might be? This is going to be two reds and a purple. And uh, does my history of the huts give me any bonuses since I know what to look for? You can have a boost die. Three successes, one threat. There's definitely a lot of danger in this room. All of those so-called courtiers are armed to the teeth. It's unlikely all of them are loyal enough to this hut that they would, say, put themselves in the way of bodily harm. But there's certainly threats to be aware of that everybody in this room is carrying multiple weapons. So starting a fight would not be good. The hut himself has two bodyguards standing to each side of him. In addition to the twilight that had been at the door and is still escorting you and Laris towards him. Castian gives Laris a nod of his head and just lets this negotiation start. Laris steps forward. Her face is ever a mask. Unreadable. Great Dalraish, I stand before you, a humble supplicant. I apologize I am unable to speak to you in the most elevated tongue of the huts. However, I know that you have trusted lieutenants who are able to accurately translate what I am about to say to you. And she pauses for a moment, giving a somewhat petulant look to the Twi'lek, waiting for him to do the honors of translation. And he does so. The hut quirks his brow bone slightly, obviously amused by this puny human woman coming before him. Ho, 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 The great Dalraish the Hut entreats you to continue, but do not waste his time. I would never be one to waste the time of someone such as the great Dalraish. I am aware, Dalraish, that you have come into possession of a mysterious artifact of unknown origin that is rumored to belong to the so-called Jedi of old. I am here to inform you that that is not a piece of equipment that you want hanging around your neck for very long. And after the Twi'lek translates, the hut laughs once more. The great Dalraish the Hut says that the whole point of having an auction is to be sure that it does not stay here for long. And the auction was, in fact, a wise choice to begin with, when you did not have all of the information. However, I am here to inform you of the provenance of the item which you are selling. You are telling the great Dalraish the origin of a Jedi artifact. <laughs> a rumored Jedi artifact, first of all. I'm sure you are not putting out on the holonet that you know for certain that you have such dangerous items. While I could not give you any kind of certificate of authenticity regarding the origins of this object, I can tell you who its most recent owner was, and that most recent owner is very interested in having his merchandise returned to him. Go on. The most recent owner of that artifact which you are so brazenly trying to auction off belongs to the great Giliac of the Desilijek Kajadik. And as Laris makes that announcement, 
the room goes silent. The hut doesn't even wait for the Twi'lek to translate. He begins speaking again. The Twi'lek is stumbling over himself, trying to keep up with the rapid fire commands of the hut. Dalraish, the great Dalraish demands that you show proof of these outlandish claims. And Laris pauses for a moment and looks to you, Castian. The proof shall be supplied by my guard, who can give you the full context of our claims. And Castian, Laris cedes the floor to you. Castian, of course, makes a bow towards the representative of the Giliac before turning on his heels abruptly and looking towards this hut. And he makes sure to focus on the hut instead of the translator. The great and glorious Dalaris. I am honored for you to allow me an audience with a species of your pristine physique. I, and an associate, were moving merchandise through Junkford Station while we were refueling. Of course, we were told that any merchandise of Giliac Dzilajek would be safe when moved through Junkford Station. I was accosted by someone wearing Stormtrooper armor who asked me to follow them. I did, seeing that this was a man in imperial uniform. When I came back, my colleague was gone. I presume dead. And the case, missing. And now you are in possession of what we were transporting. And Castian reaches up and pulls down his collar to show the brand of the Dezilajek Kajadik. So I feel like first we need to make a deception roll. I'll be using my two destiny points to make those two greens into two yellows. I will give you two boost dice to represent both Laris's help as well as the brand. That is a pretty convincing show. Now, in order to deceive somebody, you go up against their discipline. The discipline of the hut is five yellow. Five red dice is your difficulty. One success. Yay! One advantage. Yay! And a despair. Oops. So I succeeded. He believes me. But I despaired on that. The Twi'lek translates. The great Dalraish states that he is honored by the presence of a representative of the Dzilajek Kajadik, and also is wondering... What took you so long as he has been waiting for you in order to offload additional weapon stores? Castian kind of straightens up as he realizes this is not his wheelhouse, and he turns back towards Laris. Laris certainly has gotten much better at lying over the last year, but this is a very, very complex story that you are weaving, and it has already spun far past the initial parameters. Dalresh, the Honorable... Dalresh, I apologize for the delay. You see, of course, you would know when transporting such a rare artifact, uh, one has to be careful of imperial involvement, and which is why we were so worried to approach you uh, in the beginning, because we heard that there was a stormtrooper, uh, a lone stormtrooper, mind you, on, your, on Junkford Station. And when that lone stormtrooper sought us out, my goodness, we were so worried, which is why I informed, of course... The, our representative, I point towards Laris, uh, to hold back on the dealings. And then, of course, when I came back and found that our case had been misplaced and you had 
found it in your possession. Uh, we assumed that you were holding it for us and uh, to, in order to make sure that we arrived in a more timely fashion uh, to talk about uh, the offloading of these weapons. So, of course, our sincere apology. We are only human. We beg that you forgive us for our follies. Dalraish accepts your explanation of the situation and is glad to see that you have made the trip here safely. Of course, and we are ready for the shipment immediately. Uh, we are at Docking Bay, and I give them our Docking Bay number. Honestly, since they probably already know which ship is ours. Of course, we would need our case back, as, as well as the artifact you see it, that is being gifted to a, uh, a, a colleague who has served the huts well for many years, a historian. Surely the great Jiliak understands that a fee must be paid to compensate the Honorable Dalraish for his time and effort in protecting the artifact which you were unable to keep under your control. Lara steps forward from behind you. That is, of course, a most reasonable position, especially as it was an oversight on the part of our representative that resulted in the artifact coming into your possession. I am sure that the two of us, as reasonable beings, will be able to come to a suitable agreement. Castian is glad that she's back on the saddle. He just takes a step to the side and allows them to negotiate. All right, and negotiation shall happen. Do you have any ranks in negotiation, Castian? I do not have a negotiation. Hey, Laris got two successes, a triumph, and four threats on this negotiation roll. So she is able to successfully negotiate a deal to exchange the artifact and bring it back into your possession. It is the Twi'lek that has been translating for you who brings the case back to you, Castian. Do you open it right here? Is that rude to the huts? It'd be extremely rude to not trust him. Castian bites his inner cheek not to take a peek and just accepts it as it is. The weight feels correct. However, those four threats mean that 800 credits... You know, the credits that were supposed to pay off your debt as well as pay a little bit in advance for your room and board has completely been wiped out. Of course. And as the negotiations are wrapping up, the Twi'lek tells you and Laris, The weapons are already on their way to your ship. I hope your crew is ready to receive them. Of course. Our crew is the finest in the business. We shall see. And Castian's waiting for them to uh, be dismissed by the hut or the translator. And once that happens, he is following Laris. And as soon as they get out of the corridor, they find a corner. Castian is checking the case immediately. Your holocron is still there. None the worse for the wear. He lets out a sigh before looking towards Laris a little sheepishly. I will make this up to you. I, I promise you that. Would you like a little bit of fried monkey lizard? I know a place just around the corner. We do not have time to partake in the delicacies of Junkfort Station, as apparently weapons are already being delivered to our ship, and I am afraid that I had to tell a lie in stating that our crew that is stationed on the ship is the finest in the business. Yes, you're right. We should be running. 
And as she begins walking briskly, she's going to continue berating you a little bit. And also may I note that while before our arrival here at Junkfurt Station, we had reached an agreement when it comes to our ledgers. Currently, that debt has been reinstated. Also, may I note that I am known as a legitimate businesswoman and taking a load of weapons from a hut is quite possibly the most basic definition of the opposite of legitimate business in this sector of the galaxy. Oh, that's uh, that's not even saying the worst part of it. What is the worst part of it? We're technically stealing those weapons because the people who are going to arrive looking for those weapons are going to come here and be very angry when they find that someone's already picked those up. Was our goal not to remain on the good side of the huts, sir? That's why we need to find out the cr actual crew and deliver the weapons to them. And how would we do that, sir? By getting creative. I don't know, but the only thing I know is this damn thing I say as I shake the case is becoming nothing but a cursed monkey lizard's paw. Let's go. And the loading ramp for the Howling Gundark is open. There is a lot of activity as hover struts are being used to load cartons of presumably weapons onto the Howling Gundark. And standing at the top of the loading ramp, directing all of the various crew people loading and offloading equipment, is Skitter. Yes, please, sir. Deliver that carton to the starboard loading bay. However, no, 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 do not stack the cartons in that method. If you do so, they will be quite unstable. Skitter, let the men do what they're doing. They, they're professionals. Are they? I have not actually seen any unionized credentials for any of these. Skitter, I heard a noise coming from the vent in my room. Could you check it? I'm counting on you to make sure that I sleep soundly. Of course, sir. And he skitters away. <sighs> Thank you, gentlemen. Just uh, hurry it up. We're time to keep schedule. And Castian is going into his room and he is locking that case up in his private little like locker to, and making sure it's secure and no one can get to it. That you do. Even as there are workers coming in and out, this weapons shipment is quite sizable. The last time the ship was this full was when you had that herd of nerfs that you were transporting between planets. This shipment at least smells better, but the quarters are just as cramped. There are cartons of weapons in every nook and cranny of the Howling Gundark. Laris is actually getting concerned now about the fuel offset that is going to be needed in order to transport such a heavy cargo. Castian's waiting for everybody to load off everything, make sure all the information is there so they can get the hell off the station. The last thing they want is for the actual ship to show up before they can get the hell out of Dodge. No hut ship is landing as you take off. Sir, what coordinates should I input? Where are we supposed to be delivering this to, I say, as I pick up the data pad they left with us? Giliac of the Desilijek Kajadik currently lives on Tatooine. Tatooine? I've never heard of it. I guess what we can do is reach out to Giliac's people as representative of Dalrish's people and ask them what's the holdup. I can do that, sir. Thank you. Now that we have their codes and frequencies here on the data pad, it might not be that hard to uh, communicate. It shall not be. Would you like me to be the one to talk with them? I am a better liar. If it would not be an imposition, sir. I can do this. Yes, not a problem. And she sets you up in front of the communications console. You've had to move the seat out of the way, and instead you are sitting on a carton of weapons. 
And Laris, uh, could you fiddle with the video cam? I want it to look like we have interference. I shall try, sir. Thank you. In upgrading the difficulty for that role, Laris gets two successes and an advantage, so there is plenty of static. Great. And she's putting me in contact with uh, who's ever on Jiliac's team. Uh, you are speaking with Jiliac's representative, Hajir, a Twi'lek underling. Uh, this is for his honorable Dalrish of the Shibda Kajadik. So I'm contacting you to inquire more information about the late arrival. And why is a representative of Dalrish reaching out proactively to Jiliac? Your orders were to remain silent until our team made contact. Your team is late. And not that, but you are unaccustomed to what the agreement actually was. We were to remain silent unless there was a trouble of the imperial sort. Don't worry, we've handled it, but now our coordinates have changed. We have loaded up the weapons into a ship, and we want to meet your vessel to offload them there. Lord Dalrys offers another an option, which is to drop them off in an asteroid field and have you enjoy the hunt. Which one would you prefer? Give me your deception roll. Your difficulty is one red, one purple. Two successes, one threat. The Twi'lek buys your story. There is no need for such threats. We are not accustomed to delays. As you know, there has been increased Imperial activity across all sectors. They are no longer content to allow the Huts our traditional self-rule. They are attempting to interfere. Could you share me your data on that, so we can avoid Imperial entanglements? That's a negotiation roll. <laughs> negotiation is two red and a purple. Uh, nothing. Just I rolled a, a clear slate. That is not information that the great Gilliac is prepared to share. Understandable. Where shall we meet, then? Coordinates are incoming. And the coordinates he gives you are near Kessel, which is going to be about another two days' journey for you. Acceptable. Meet us there. I mean, let's make this quick. Agreed. Cassian shuts down, lets out a deep breath before looking towards Laris. There we go. We get rid of the weapons, and then we figure out what the hell to do with our lives. Agreed, sir. However, I do wonder. Wonder what? Why is it that the Empire is no longer content to allow the huts their traditional isolation? I have a theory. We've been hanging around a lot in the hut space. You and me have been doing a lot of jobs around this part because we know the Empire doesn't go in here. If they're looking for me, it might be time for us to uh, start finding business elsewhere away from the huts. That would be most agreeable. Or we could revisit our agreement about me staying here. I believe that is a premature notion. Whenever you need to renegotiate that contract or revisit that idea, know that my door is always open. I do know that, because currently it is my door, as you are no longer paid up on your rent. Oh, Laris, I'm... I'll find a way to pay you back. Life days in a, a not so far away. We'll start boiling our shoes if we need to eat food. And Castian is just walking off before she can complain further. You have a two-day journey to the Kessel sector ahead of you. Do you have anything in particular you wish to do over that time? Uh, we do have a cache of data, uh, me and Laris, of people who we thought might know information on, like, Jedi artifacts, 
historians, things like that. And Castian is constantly going through this list, and he's occasionally dropping by Laris and saying, oh, what about Arthur McMull, the historian that is uh, known in oh, oh, Winfell? Assassinated on Coruscant. Mm, of course he was. Uh, what about this uh, Juvie on Corellia? It says that she was part of the Explore Corp. Imprisoned. In fact, in solitary confinement. <sighs> is there no one I could take this holocron to? Apparently not amongst our current contacts, other than Nira Sabright. I just quit her, and he says he's like marching off, and he's just going to continue dwindling down the list. Sir. Skitter approaches you. Yes. I have not found any sources for the noises you have heard in the vents. However, do not fear, I shall not rest until I have uncovered every last nook and cranny of the Howling Gun Dark to ensure that you sleep soundly. Thank you, Skitter. Just keep on working, I'm sure you'll find it. Castian smiles as he walks away, realizing that if he gives Skitter a job, he doesn't have to worry about Skitter bugging him. He says this until that night when he's sleeping, and through the vent he hears, and he realizes Skitter's inside the vents, and he just hears it, echoing, and his eyes just snap open. No. In fact, it's not just Skitter echoing, he is taken to patrolling the vent directly over your bed. Castian considers his lightsaber for a second before just shaking his head and stuffing a pillow over his face and just trying to, to, to ignore the skittering. When you reach the castle sector, all things are quiet. The representatives from Jiliac meet you there. You make the trade-off of the weapons. No problem. When they leave and go into hyperspace, there's just a moment of silence as Castian and Laris just stare there. And finally, Castian says... I was expecting that to go horribly wrong at some point. I actually think this is the first job we did smoothly. Do you think they'd give us a good review? You are forgetting the nerf job. Oh, yes, that's that glowing, that, that excitement. The handoff of the nerfs did go quite smoothly, other than the cleanup afterwards, of course. Oh, how could I forget? That was my payment to you for that month. Clean up the entire corridors. I loved it. Brought me back. You had no other method of payment. Speaking about having no other method, no other choice, how hard would it be to get me to Rory? It would be one week and two days of travel time at top speed in hyperspace. Would you find a job on Rory? Would that be too much heat on you? Business propositions on Rory are, of course, much more legitimate than they have been on the recent planets that we have been visiting. Of course, that is also an Imperial stronghold, so it may be difficult to evade notice. The only person I can think of that knows how to fix a holocron is Nira Sawbright. And Nira Sawbright apparently doesn't leave Rory. At least not for me. So if she's not going to leave Rory, then I have to go to her. Then I shall take you there. And hopefully we find business there. I do hope so. Okay, set a course. We're going to Rory. So you have another week of travel in space. Do you continue to let Skitter torment you with his patrols in the vents? No, I eventually just tell him he fixed it. I, I can't. After like day two of like not sleeping because it's skittering, Castian throws a shoe at the vents and says, You fixed it! You fixed it! You hear me? You fixed it! Sir, I have done nothing. Yes, you did! You've done plenty! You've done absolutely plenty! Go talk to Laris and speak binary! Other than your bantering, delightful bantering with Skitter, the trip to Rory is uneventful. So as you approach Rory, of course it is in the Naboo system. 
Imperial space if there ever was one. Laris once again changes the credentials on the Howling Gundark. What is the name of the ship now? The Gungan Drop. Laris changes the credentials to the Gungan Drop and is able to pass Imperial inspection without question. And you make the landing on Rory and you go to the university. Do you call ahead to Nira Sabright or do you intend to just arrive at her office at the university? I'm just going to arrive. You know what he's going to do? He's going to, he's going to try to sneak into her office to wait for her. To sneak into Nira Sabright's offices. That is challenging, which is four dice. Of purple? I'm going to upgrade one of them. So three purple, one red. And I'm going to upgrade one of my greens into a yellow. I got one success, one triumph. Okay. So do I succeed? Do I get in there without her detecting me? Yes. As you are sneaking through the hallways in order to make it to Nira Sabright's office, you do see her for a moment and you duck into an empty classroom or an office. You're not sure which it is in order to wait her out. And you see her walk past you with a student. They're having a deep discussion about the history of architecture in the Naboo system. And you wait a moment and she passes and you are easily able to sneak back out and into her office. She does have a fairly sophisticated security setup on the door. Again, way more security than a university professor would have on their office. At least you would think, not that you've ever been to university. But with a triumph on your stealth roll, that plays into you being able to override the security system, again, without it looking like you overrode it, in order to go inside. And Castian, you know what? He's going to be dramatic. He wants to sit in her chair behind her desk and wait for her to come in so he does that spin to face her. He's never done that before, so you know what? Castian's going to do that. <laughs> he just waits. It takes about an hour and a half for her to come back. So do you just sit in this chair, dramatically silent, waiting for her? Or do you do anything else in this hour that you're waiting? <laughs> you know, for, for the first 10 minutes, he does. And he just waits. And then he gets bored. And then he just starts, like, playing around with, like, some stuff on her desk. And then finally, he's standing up and going through some of the books and just looking just whatever he can find. Um, not pulling out anything because he's afraid that she might have booby trapped some stuff. Remember the first time that you met Nira Saab, right? It was charming that she had actual books on her shelves. And so you can find some of those. From the titles on the spines, a lot of them are extremely ancient tomes. Some of them are in languages that you don't even recognize, let alone are able to read. She also, of course, has data sticks lying around that are more recognizable to you. And her expertise seems to go across a wide swath of antiquities. There's architecture, there's artifacts, there's sociology data sticks. So while antiquities certainly covers what Nira Sabright teaches, it's obviously a very broad sense of the word. As soon as he hears like the familiar click of her heels, like moving towards the door and he starts hearing some unlocking, he quickly scurries towards the desk, falls into it, spins around as if he's been there the entire time and been waiting there in the dark. The door clicks and slides open as Nira Sabright enters her darkened office. And he's waiting for her to close the door behind her. It does. And as soon as she turns on the light, Cassian's just spinning in his seat and just waiting for her. Oh, hey, kid. Nira Sabright? I heard you quit. 
I heard you sent a bounty hunter dressed as an Imperial to meet me. You know I don't like Imperials. I didn't do that. So he was lying? I sent somebody after you. But obviously, I have a soft spot for people who have a flair for the dramatic. Castian quirks a, a lip as if amused before patting the case in front of him. I suppose I could say that I was a little bit flustered by the experience. I apologize. I understand that mistakes were made on both ends. But before you say anything, allow me to explain. Unfortunately, the salvage token did not arrive in time. Someone had already claimed it. Give me a deception roll. <laughs> That's versus three red. I'm not even going to try to, like, I'm not even going to try to use anything. I failed one threat, one disadvantage. She holds up one finger, looking like a very disapproving teacher. Try again. I. <clears throat> Someone beat me to it. Someone. Someone other than I. I was tricked into putting the wrong salvage token on the ship. There we go. I understand you probably have been in communications with Mr. Calrissian about some of the purchases that he's uh, probably auctioning off. I have. So I don't need to explain further. Though, I do suppose I should say that I did go into the ship since I was the only one there. That's very illegal. That is, and I'm sure that you are devastated. But... I found something that I know Calrissian would not know what to do with. And since there's no records of it, he doesn't know it's missing. And Castian reaches out and he opens up the case and shows the broken holocron in front of him. Nira Sabright has been in this business for a long time. So her face is completely impassive as you make your grand reveal. Yes, I suppose that's interesting. And what about this? Pulls out a data pad, sticks it into like a hollow projector, and uh, a projection of a wall appears, uh, showing those Jedi symbols. Okay, Gorin. You've impressed me. Unfortunately, that did not survive, but this did. It's what? broken. I want to fix it. And you think you are capable of fixing it? Oh, no, I am not able to fix this whatsoever, but you can tell me what I need to do to fix it. And all I'm going to ask of it is I want you to let me use it for a little while, but afterwards it's yours to use and store and keep and cherish for all of your living days. What makes you think I know how to repair ancient technology? What made me think that you would know how to find Dathomir? You're full of surprises, I found. So I figured if anyone would know how to fix this thing, it would be a Jedi, which I don't know exists anymore, you... Or I can ask an Imperial agent, and I'd rather not stick my neck out to them. Probably smart. So, can you fix it? Or can you tell me what I have to do to find a way to fix it? Is there blueprints somewhere hidden away? She sighs and shakes her head. Every one of those things was created by and attuned to the Jedi that made it. There is no master blueprint. And I'm pretty sure one of the security protocols on it is that only somebody that is in touch with the Force is able to activate it. So only a Force user could use it. That's what my research leads me to believe. So I don't think that you would be able to use it, even if it weren't cracked. I activated it for like, I thought it was a minute, but apparently I was out for days and it then shorted out again. And then Castian sighs, rolls his eyes, holds up a hand, and a data stick on her desk jumps a little bit. 
That's a very dangerous revelation to make on Rory. Well, I wanted to make it somewhere else. But you don't leave, Rory. I don't think you're the one that sent bounty hunters at me. Two of them came after me. They knew about my past crimes, as you can assume, what my past crimes are now. No, I was not a Jedi. Merely someone who was born with this curse. But I need to figure out how to turn it off, control it, so I can actually live a life. And I'm trusting you. I'm asking for your help. Can you tell me how to fix this? Nira Sabrite sighs. First of all, you're in my chair. Castian stands up and moves to the less comfortable chair in front of her desk and sits down. And she sits down in her very comfortable chair, leans back, kicking her feet up on her desk. You're going to tell me more than what you just have. Doesn't have to be everything. But if you lie to me about any of it, things are going to get dicey. What do you want to know? Who are you? I can answer that, but know that this information will put you in danger. Half of the objects in this room that you know about put me in danger. It goes nothing to say of the ones that you don't know. I am not a Jedi. I was a youngling. I was sold into slavery to hide me for a while until I was found by the Empire. I am sure that you are aware that sometimes things concerning the Jedi, the Force, they disappear and bodies are left in their wake. That is an organization called the Inquisition. We hunt Jedis. They hunt Jedi. I was found by them when I was a young man, and they trained me. And then I got out, which you really don't usually do with the Inquisition, and they've been chasing me since. Interesting. Why'd you leave? A variety of reasons. I messed up a lot of missions. I'm very incompetent, as you can to attest. This is my shocked face. There was a Jedi that we found called Madonin. She, let's just say she didn't think of me as some sort of lost boy, nor did she think of me as some evil person. She accepted the sins of the Jedi, what they did to me. And she saw something, she saw something in me, and I, I suppose, I suppose I saw something in her that I didn't need to be this angry. So I'm trying to escape that. And then that's why I found you, because at that time I was trying to cleanse the darkness from me that I got from a Dathomirian dagger that was poisoning my force aura. Yes, I've had a very fun adventure these past four years, but I've been trying to be better. That's the story. I can go into more details, but I feel more details would just put you more at risk. And I've been sitting in this room for hours, and I'm hungry. Nirasabrite just studies you for a moment. Lothal. What? Lothal. It's the best guess I've got for where you could go to work on that thing. That's a planet, isn't it? Yeah. Castian, you would recognize Lothal as a planet under Imperial control. It used to be an agrarian society, but they had a couple of bad breaks, bad growing seasons. They asked the Empire for help. The Empire provides help, but at a cost 
which the planet was never able to fully repay. So the empire would just come in and take, take, take more and more. It's gone from a completely agrarian planet to a very industrialized planet as the empire has been putting different shipyards on there, requiring the population to stop farming in order to work the factories. When they stop farming, there's no more food. It's a planet that is in perpetual crisis. Not the safest place for me to be, seeing it's an imperial planet at this point. And they don't know about the Jedi Temple that was abandoned there centuries ago. And then Castine leans forward. But you do. I do. And because I got a soft spot for kids that like their teachers, I'll even give you the data stick that told me about Lolf. And she goes to one of her bookshelves rearranges a couple of objects, revealing that it is a false bookshelf. It moves and reveals a safe behind it. She completely blocks the safe with her body, so you cannot see what the security protocol on this is. It is obviously the most valuable things go in here. And she returns a moment later with a simple data stick. I see I'm not the only one that has a very complex history. Yeah, but... I'm not in the sharing mood. Casting holds up his hands uh, to take the data stick. She tosses it to you. He catches it. I will fix this. I will use this. And then I will give it to you. You'll try. And after that, do you still want to utilize me? I would understand either way. Let's not count our Minox before they hatch. Go to Lothal and get off of it in one piece. Very well. Have a good night, teacher. You don't pay enough tuition to call me that. Castian walks away, grabs his case, and as he's leaving, he turns away and he's like, and just in case I don't get to see you before uh, it starts, have a happy life day. And he turns on his heels and he's walking away. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Solo Shot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always.